What up? Welcome to a podcast with Mo. I am Mo. This is episode 373. On this episode, I'm joined by Koopy to talk about the Patreon, merch shop, movies, Downton, TV shows, ultimatums, stand-ups, Netflix, HBO, Hulu, Apple Pencils, video games, a bunch of other shit. Thanks for checking us out. What up? We're joined by Koopy. I'm going to say good morning, but I don't know what time it is in your world. Yeah, most listen in the morning, I would say. Good morning. Um, And first thing I get to is our Patreon, patreon.com slash a podcast. People can go there and give a dollar more a month to get early access to the podcast. If you give enough money, you can be a co-producer like uh, my mother, Graveyard Entertainment, itchaboyh2.com, Forgotten One, and Rico Reds, our current patrons and co-producers and we also have a merch shop at shop.spreadshirt.com slash podcast mo where you can get a cool t-shirt including a cool smoke Oklahoma shirt or a snappy shirt snappy shirts are hot sellers so everyone wants a picture of snappy on their face or i mean on their chest his face their chest so y'all should go get a shirt interesting i guess well were you unaware of the snappy shirt i mean i've seen him wear this the shirt but i didn't realize it was the thing Oh yeah. Well, good good for him. It's uh sold the most in the last month, I would say. <laughs> Clever. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's just he's a little, so attractive. Everyone wants him on a t-shirt. <laughs> um all right, so we're here joined by Koopy, like I said. People that don't know, she used to come on here and talk about books, but she was like, I refuse. I don't know. It just felt like an I mean, it, this isn't I appreciate the podcast and all, but this isn't really my project. Right. So it kind of became like an obligation i don't know yeah i think mean, i think most feel that way that are on it they feel like it's a dumb obligation <laughs> i don't i didn't say dumb yeah but we could tell from the tone you know i mean i'm just really busy most of the time this right. at this moment i am not busy so that's why i'm here that's true summertime um so yeah anyway, we watch a lot of tv shows so that's all we're really gonna talk about on this episode we'll see how long it goes um, we did recently go to the movies for the first time or for me, the first time in years. I don't know the last time I went. I think it was my, I know I went last summer. I did. So I guess twice in a year. Right. Uh, cause you know, the movie theater shit and I'll, we enjoyed the movies quite a bit. I think more than the average person. We make it a spectacle in a way. Yeah. We like to spend all the money, get the snacks and the drinks and the, uh-huh. you know, I don't, you know, we treat ourselves date night. Right. And I've mentioned this podcast before, but as when I was younger, my friend Jonathan's parents had some money. They had this like uh home healthcare business and for a while they did. And then it, it all fell apart. But his mom would just take us to Wichita Falls every weekend and drop us off at the mall with however much money and be like, enjoy yourself. So we watched movies every single weekend and it got to the point where I'd seen every movie from the age of like 10 to 13 or something. Like I remember we watched you got mail two 12 year old boys or however old we were in the theater because it's like, we've seen everything. We didn't have a, in the little town that I grew up in, we didn't ha- we had a mall and we had a movie theater, but they were not in the same place, right. but the movie theater, when it, it, because we had a couple of different movie theaters growing up. There was, of course, the Dollar Theater, and you had like a a small house with like eight theaters or something like that. But then the big one came, like in the two, early two thousands, right? And it had like an arcade upstairs, and it was 
like the place to go in middle school was to be dropped off there on the weekends and you'd buy a ticket and only watch like 10 minutes of the movie and then you'd go run around with your friends or whatever, sneak into other movies. Right. That, that is That's so different than from my experience. Because for us, it was, you know, my time I go to Duncan, which is 30 minutes away, or Wichita Falls, which is 45 minutes away. Duncan is about like the town we live in now. And then Wichita Falls was like a city, right? In comparative, you know, to, to my idea. But in Wichita Falls, they had like one movie theater was in the mall, but one was across the street. And so if the movie wasn't across the street, we were never, ever going to see that because it was like, well, we can't cross fucking five, eight lane traffic. Right. To get over there. Our movie theater was by some restaurants. So we would go like there was a rib crib right there. And I think there was an Arby's real by right across the street. So I can remember seeing Mean Girls and then going and getting Arby's like random things like that or going to rib crib. But yeah. rib crib's expensive. So I don't know what I we went with a order friend's mom slash teacher actually i think about it to see the lord of the rings the second one maybe and we went to arby's first and i got five roast beef sandwiches put them in my pocket yeah, the and five ate for them five was great and ate them during the movies and you could smell them throughout the whole theater and i was like oh i don't know if this was the best idea. It was, was it five for five or five for 20 it was five for 555 i think was the arby's thing five for five 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 so yeah there was some crazy deal and it was i think probably what we would get in junior yeah. high so yeah, uh, the the movie theater is also it's a fun thing. So we went and saw Downton Abbey, the second movie, number two. I don't know what its special name was. Second, a new era, the second Downton Abbey movie in a row. I was the only man in the theater. There was a little young boy that came at the end uh, to sit down, but I was the only man. So that's cool. Yeah, there were lots of older women. Yeah, and I will say we watched. I mean, I've seen every episode of Downton probably like. Three or four times now. You've done it. You've more, but I've probably sat and watched them all three or four times. I couldn't even count uh, with you. And then we watched the movie that we had on Blu-ray. And I think this is another thing. The 4K TV we have with the PS5 and then the Blu-ray DVD. It's it looked really so good picture. when we just watched it here in the living room. And then the and you also have a good sound, sound bar, right? The sound system's good. And so then we go to the movies, and I'm like, I think it looked. I think the last movie looked better at home than this. Right. Like it did seem a little underwhelming on some element. And I don't know if it was just the overall storyline. I got really mad at a couple of plot points. We haven't really discussed it. Right. I don't know if we're going to give away spoilers on a podcast with Mo. Well, I'm sure everyone else is down to go see it in theaters. (laughs) So I can mention that I was super irritated that Mary's husband wasn't in it. I guess they clearly just couldn't get him. I guess I'll say, I guess it's just because he was so busy with a discovery of witches, the actor that they couldn't get him in it. But it was like, I don't know. Right. Well, and it was like, well, Mary needs a love interest then. It's like, but then she's just going to turn him down. But it's like, I don't know. It was all very forced, that part. I think this movie, in, in like all sequel fashion, or people that know of sequels, it is more fun than the first movie. Like the plot's about fun. It's like, we're going to put the movies in the house. And it's like, it isn't as serious. It's a more fun thing. And then it, so when you're watching, you're like, oh, this is a cool idea. But the actual execution, you're like, oh, this isn't good necessarily. Right. The first one in case you aren't familiar was about the Queen's visit to Downton Abbey and everyone getting prepared for it. Right. And then they had this side storyline. There was this other person in the family that you didn't know was in the family. They're like a love child. And and, then well she was a part. Yeah. And then she becomes a part of the Crawley family. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway it was I don't know. I'm sure we'll buy it on DVD and watch it at the house and probably like it more here. For sure. Well, in the, I think this movie could have been a season of TV, whereas in the last movie it worked as a movie. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? I and this one was that. like, this could have easily just been a season the right. way they did it. Yeah, yeah, they could have drawn it out because it was, they said it was going to take place over a month. Yeah. And it's like, and then they go to France and then they're back. And then they're, yeah. it's like, it all happens kind of really quickly. So, um, you know, that's, I did like the parts in the Riviera in France. But I still enjoy go. the movie going experience. There is something. Yeah, you overdid it a little bit with the butter and salt on the popcorn. Well, that's how you do it. You got to do it extra on the top so it seeps through to the middle. It was good. intense, <laughs> but it was good. Uh, yeah. Well, and also what happened was they offered to put butter on it before they handed it to us. And I was like, sure. And then I went ahead and did my normal thing on top of that. Yeah. So I think that's where. It and I don't off. know if I normally do um, an icy. I don't know. Next time I might just get a classic Coke because I was super thirsty by the end of the movie and I didn't have any icy left. Right. Well, I could have shared, I guess. <laughs> um, so anyway, movie theaters are alive and kicking. Don't know of any movies. coming. Well, out no, we saw the Elvis review. That looked good. Yeah. Baz but. Luhrmann, the director of so many other great films. Yeah, Moulin Rouge, I think, is the most popular, probably. What everyone knows. Well, Great Gatsby was a huge hit. Yeah, but if you say he directed Great Gatsby, I think Moulin Rouge is like, people know it's a movie. I don't know. I just think it's more resonant. He also did Romeo plus Juliet. Mm-hmm. We like the get, or I like the get down on Netflix a lot, but it only got one season because he spent too much money on it. There was one movie he did called like Australia that I've never seen. I need to see that. He's a it's got a style to it. So like even the Elvis thing, I'm kind of I want to see it, of course, because I like documentary or not documentary, but like a biopic. Biopic. Right. I think it looks fun, but I know it has like modern music in it. And I'm like, listen, if there is one person you're doing a it's movie about. It's not just about, Elvis music? No, no, no. There's uh, like Denzel Curry. Well, that's what he does. Doja Cat. Yeah. Right. And I don't understand. That's the thing he does. But if there's one person that doesn't need that and could be, could have the background music of the time slash their own music, it seems like yeah. the Elvis movie would be the one. So well, that's the other a, ones, it kind of works because there's such a dis- like um huge time gap between the setting of the movies. Right. And I don't know, I guess. Romeo plus Julia is well. Like I saw, times. there's like a lot of Eminem stands on Twitter. You know, people that just love him, and I think he's good or whatever. But people are like, yeah, he deserves to be on that soundtrack because he was the Elvis of rap music. And it's like, shut the fuck up. Like <laughs> I'm more in it for the costumes, I guess. I, as I'm not a musician, I really enjoy just like he's worked with the same costume designer for all of his movies too. Right. Well, the movie trailer looked I think interesting, it's his wife. so I don't we'll. Know. But there, and that's one thing that stuck out to us. There were so many commercial or previews. Oh my gosh, we sat there for twenty. Like the it movie, was like thirty three minutes. We sat there longer, but the movie said it started at seven, and when the actually went dark, I thought it was seven thirty three or something. It like was seven twenty three. But okay. we had sat there for at least ten minutes prior to the yeah. seven o'clock. Yeah. So it was it, it was a long time. I was getting antsy and irritable. I also found it odd. Uh, this is very random, but they have these things before the previews that are like other previews. That's like, fuck, I miss them. They're, they're com- like the newbie commercial, right? But it has like someone that hosts it and all this stuff. And then Mia, Mia Nunes. <laughs> yeah, Mia Nunes. And uh, she will come up and be like, got the app downloaded on your phone for the so-and-so game? Get ready. And I'm always thinking like some's actually going to be on the, it's going to be like some interactive AR Some's on the screen, but you're shooting stuff on your phone. But when it comes up, it's just a blank gray screen. And then, like, apparently you're supposed to be playing the app on your it's phone. It's like a racing game. Yeah, but you're not seeing it on the screen. You're- There's a little tiny screen at the bottom <laughs> corner, like picture in picture. So you have, like, this huge gray screen and then an itty bitty tiny nothingness. And uh, yeah, and so I just was like. They hopped that up the whole time. Like, get ready. The game's coming up. And it's just nothing. I don't know. It was, it was weird. And just, I don't know, the the commercials for food. 
Yeah, lots of food. And I'm like, I'm here. Like, I'm here eating popcorn. I don't even see a KFC commercial. It was Because I can't go to KFC right now. Yeah. It was very odd. Um, so anyway, let us know out there if y'all. <laughs> we also live in a small town with a small theater. So maybe it's different. Maybe some theaters actually have that food in them. Right. I don't know. Well, also, I've heard uh, people complain about like, or someone claiming I've always had, and I've actually heard people on podcasts complain, is I've never wanted to go to those movie theaters that serve you beer and bring you food and stuff. I've gone to the one in the city like that, and it's okay. I mean, I go with my dad. Like, right. it's, it depends on what you're seeing. People have brought it up to me before, and I'm like, that sounds like the worst movie going. Like, everyone's talking. There's lights. There's food. You bring you food. I just would, I like the movie experience, I guess, of being in the seats. I don't remember there being a lot of talking. And we ordered the food in that 20 minutes that you sit there waiting for it to begin. And then they bring it out to you around the time that it gets dark. So you're eating in the dark. Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of like eating at home in front of the TV. Right. But I've only seen I think that's how it was when we saw Planet of the Apes. One of the recent ones. Right. Um. Now I'm trying to just think of what the last movie I saw was. Oh, and I saw Cruella DeVille last summer. That yeah. was the movie I saw previously. And it was good. And I saw it at that big fancy theater, but we didn't go to the fancy like restaurant part. Right. Well, me and Powell went to the big fancy restaurant or fancy movie theater for Jackass 3. And they asked if we wanted up there. And I was like, no. I don't I think this would ruin we had, it. We had gone to a hibachi before or something. Yeah. It was good. That was a good trip. Um, all right. All the things I wrote out. I know that we have missed stuff on this list of things we have it's watched. It's been like six months since I've been on. So I just, Netflix does a good job of keeping track of everything in your history, but all the other apps don't. Um, so I just had a bit trying to go off the top. Um, the first thing that sticks out, I've talked about a little bit on this podcast, is this reality show called The Ultimatum. In general, I've loved the reality shows of that have come out in this digital streaming era. I've, I've enjoyed them quite a bit, I guess. There was Love is Blind. Yeah. And then the one on HBO with the parents that dated, like the kids oh, were in the other yeah. house. That one was that one was funny. I forget what it was called. But yeah, any of these dumb reality shows. Uh, also the the circle. We watched. Oh the yeah, first the two circle was kind of what got us into it. There's still two more seasons of that we haven't watched. And it's but, not just dating. Right. Yeah. It's not dating at all. Um. But I think season two got kind of dumb. Season one I liked, so that's why we haven't done three or four. Um, but anyway, the Ultimatum show is the dumbest of all of the shows so far. And it's from sure. Nick Lachey and his wife that you love to say does not deserve to be famous. I don't know who she is. <laughs> Vanessa Hudgens, I think, maybe? Is that her name? Or is that another person? I think that is her name. And maybe I should know why she's a big deal. I know her the name, right? but I just don't know anything and that so she's famous for. Their actual love story was they dated and then she gave him an ultimatum <laughs> that they got to get married or she's leaving him. So then they broke up for three months, dated other people, realized they were destined to be together and came back together and got married. And so they're going to force these couples to do to go through that process is like the premise of the yeah, show. Yeah, and I feel like if I'm thinking about it, maybe she was just famous for like interviewing people. Yeah, like a red carpet person. Yeah, I think something. that's what she was back in the day. Um, so yeah, it's the show's dumb, but it's good. I mean, once you start watching it, unless it's fake, and it could be, it has to be. Um, but you start being like, okay, well, you got to at least see what it's entertaining, dumb. right? Like, there's this couple that comes in that seem real. Uh, the guy reminded me of my friend Zach actually a lot, and. 
they seem like real uh, connected together, like no way they're breaking up. And immediately the guy's like, well, since I'm here, shit, you know, and you're like, oh, my God, he's totally going to go for this other girl. And, and he, and, yeah. And if it's the one I'm thinking of, I, he did. Yeah. And he like <laughs> he's always like lying to his mom about it and shit. And you're like, oh, he fuck. was in. And, but they were. So they did seem to click. Right. It seemed to make show. sense. Yeah. So I understand his. Uh, why but also, he, I think there's this whole generation below us that had this idea uh they're, I think, a little more free flowy with the love. And so this idea of like, well, if someone is better for them and someone's better for them, like they kept saying that shit throughout it, right? Like, well, if they're meant to be with this person and they're meant to, you know, I won't be mad where I think like our generation older is like, you don't get the chance to figure that well, out. I feel like that's why this wasn't a part of our generation's dating television. Yeah, that's true. Because <laughs> we wouldn't have allowed it. That's yeah, very true. Um we're more like we want to watch 30 people date one person yeah and, and then they get goes. to choose their favorite one out of all of those yeah it's <laughs> crazy how it's evolved so the ultimatum was very dumb but we enjoyed it um it's better early on the first couple episodes are definitely better because like people are freaking out and getting all weird and proposing and it's so stupid it, yeah there was a <laughs> I'm sh- an iconic table dinner yeah, episode like, where someone realizes so they're about to get happens. rejected. So they're like, well, how about I marry? I'll propose to you. You know, and it's it was so definitely stupid. cringy, but I'm glad I watched it because I felt relevant and could talk to other people who, because most people like we don't know me. No one knows what I'm talking about. Right. But everybody was watching the ultimatum. Yeah. Well, and a forgotten one who listens to this podcast, he hit me up and was like, I bet you're watching that. And I'm like, yeah. Was, I am. Yeah. It Don't was, shame me. It was uh, entertaining for like two weeks. Uh, another thing I watched, and the basis goes in, in random orders. So something I also have a list here is The Stand Ups, which is a Netflix uh, show about stand ups, little 30 minute sets. And we knocked all those out. Um, well, I watched season one a long time ago, and then we knocked out season two and three here in a couple months ago, and I uh, thought they were very good. Yeah, I can't really necessarily. I feel like there were a few female comedians that stuck out to me personally. Well, there was the black chick off of Abbott Elementary, the principal. Oh yeah, and she and we saw her like it was like a year ago though, but and uh-huh. we were like, oh my god, her stand up act is her character yeah. in Abbott Elementary. Like it was pretty funny. And that's a good show. It's yeah. probably on our list. It's not, but it should be. Abbott Elementary yeah, is very good. Um, I definitely connected with it and we'll be looking forward to yeah. it coming back. You're very much like you and the main character, I think, had some similarities. Which is oh, funny. yeah. Pie in the sky. And their <laughs> dumb rapper boyfriends. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> so the Sam's very good. It had um, Mark Norman's probably one of my favorite up and coming people. And he's on one of them. And Brian Simpson, who you watched on Kill Tony the other day. Yeah. He he had one that we thought was very funny on there. I've um, watched a lot of stand up because of you, but I the names are always a blur to me. Dusty Slay, he was the guy with the long hair. He's like, I'm just here for a good time, man. He had the glasses and the long hair and the hat. You know, he has like a southern thing going. Um, and it had some good ones, so I guess I would I recommend that one for sure. And then just other stand ups, we watched Christina P, which you liked quite a bit. Yeah, that her Netflix special was funny. Yes, definitely laughed. And uh, she's married to Tom Segura, so they have a podcast together. And she's talked about afterwards on that and on Joe Rogan's podcast how it was the most expensive suit Netflix has ever it was bought a Dolce anybody. And Gabbana suit. Yeah, and they she had to buy two. She goes, "Well, I had to have a backup." <laughs> <laughs> and then she got to like encrust it with uh, jewels, diamonds. Yeah, <laughs> and her hair is done out like an 80s fucking televangelist lady it looks crazy but so much so you were like wait that's the same yeah honestly (laughs) uh, we've been watching her and tom segura on their morning podcast um in the mornings for like a couple of weeks and then i came home after work drinks 
drinks after work, I guess I should say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, we watched it and I just cackled all night. And then the next day we watched her On podcast again. And I was like, wait a minute. Is that the same woman? And so, yeah, it totally threw me for a loop because I had been watching her for like two weeks and didn't even recognize her. Yeah, she's uh, it was her hair was crazy, but it was very good. So I would recommend that one. She's very different personality, too, from the podcast to her her stand up, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can. What I think is fun is when you watch the podcast or any stand up, like a lot of her jokes, I've heard her reference or that you've seen the the kernel of the idea, you know, before, but this is like it fleshed out and them doing louder about it, mm-hmm. you know? I say she is a bit quieter on the podcast. She doesn't seem as. Yeah. Well, Tom's so uh, calm as well. I think she feels like she has to be, cal- and he's like a psycho, you know, killer <laughs> type person. Um, told different thing. So, you anyway, know, I'd also recommend your mom's house. Pretty good. Um, Let's see. We like so mentioned Downton, so I have that here, and then I show you watch Anatomy of a Scandal. It has Lady Mary from Downton Abbey. I used to know her name; it's lost on me at the moment. But she plays a lawyer in Anatomy of a Scandal. It's England lawyers, right? Yeah, it's like a parliamentary law. They're all wearing wigs and shit, right? Which looks. I'm sorry. I'm going to sound sexist, but it looks stupid on women. Well, it looks stupid, period. Oh, so they should just get the rid of the wigs. The fact started because of syphilis. And then like these two French Lord. cousins or whatever were like, they started trying to outdo each other with bigger wigs to cover up their syphilis scars. Well, that's what all the beauty marks are too. Right. Like the all stickers. The little and she, exactly. And so the fact they're like, let's keep this tradition going. We're mm-hmm. like, you know where it came from. It's so dumb. You look dumb to everyone in the outside world. Which America, we look dumb to outside world when we come to guns and stuff. But y'all with y'all's wigs, damn it. Yeah, so it definitely kind of throws you if you're not used to seeing it regularly. But I liked it. I I don't know. How many stars would you rate a Netflix series? Are they five, like, with a book? They actually go thumbs down, thumbs up, or two thumbs up is their rating Um, system. I give it one thumbs up. It's in the middle there, yeah. I think it's weird that they don't have just a middle. Yeah. But... That is the way they do it. It was okay. And then you watch a show called Made, which I saw. It, I liked that. This one uh, came out, I think, beginning of COVID, maybe, or it something. It had been targeted to me for a long time before right. I gave in. And I watched one of the episodes in the middle, and it seemed like it was good and dramatic. But There I were a couple it. of slow moments where there's like no dialogue for probably 20 minutes or something like that. But overall, I thought it, the, it had a good theme and like a good message and... The girl in the show wants to be a writer and she applies to go off to some writing college. And so throughout her maid, she's a housekeeper throughout becoming a maid. She writes about working for these really rich people and she's very poor, single mom trying to get out of a domestic abuse situation. And um, I don't know. I just really I thought they did a really good job tying it all together. And I liked the. I kind of you kind of know where it's going to go. Right. But it was well done, I thought. Uh, and then you have a show that you don't remember anything about. <laughs> I know I watched it. Called Pieces of Her. I must have binge watched it. And I think I really liked it, but I can't remember it. And I was going to watch the trailer before this started, but I didn't. But it has a really famous actress in it. The lady, we always say she's from United States of Terra, but she's in like a million things. So but I mean, that no, was the first thing that really stuck with us. Yeah. Um, another good show. If you have, uh, but um, it, I know it's based on a book. And that's why I watched it, because there was a lot of hype around the book. 
Right. And I hadn't read the book or I'd probably remember it. Right. But makes sense. And something out there. Pieces of her. I watched something uh, you were very happy about was season two of Bridgerton. Yeah. And then I was mad when I watched it because it was not as they just made so many stupid changes from the book. Right. Well, and so f- I think the book book follows like a love story in each book right, or something like that. Right. One of the Bridgertons gets married in each of the books. So and then they like so each one's a different sibling. And in the show, they've decided to go in different order. Right. Too. Well, they're going to skip Benedict for the next season and go to Colin. But for right. season two, they well, are that Derby girl girl. So funny. They're like, we're right. in it. Exactly. We need, we need her in it. boy. That's exactly why they're doing it. Yeah. Um, but book in season two are both with the same Bridgerton. Gotcha. It's Anthony's story. But in the book, there's just a very different relationship that he has with the girl. And it's they just in the show, they have him focus on the sister way too much. And in the book, that is like his goal is to get with the sister. But he's so distracted by the one he's not pursuing that he never even spends any time with the sister. So in the show, they make it like he's obsessed with the sister and he hardly spends any time with the one that he actually ends up. I don't know. They just made some stupid changes and it, it just wasn't as romantic and cute and I didn't like it. And I know it got a lot of praise for showing a white man loving an Indian woman. And somehow that was a big deal. Cause I guess that's not normally done in film. I don't know. Well, probably not. And I know that there's a big history between England colonizing India right. India, and I didn't like the fact the black dude from the first season wasn't on it at all. Simon. Yeah, well, he's not in the books. I mean, no. Daphne comes in because she's I think the it's sister. just a weird premise. I guess so. that's why the books are. It's where they are. But it'd be like each season's different act. Like you, you get to like this actor and then they're like, they're not in it. Well, they're a series because they're all siblings, but they're self-contained novels. Like you could pick up anyone and read it without having to have read the ones that came first. It would spoil some things like knowing who ends up with who and all that. But really that's kind of given away at the very beginning of the books of each one, because it always gives you um, a preface of the romantic interests storyline. And then it opens up with the Bridgerton after that. So you always know from ch- the very beginning who the Bridgerton's going to end up with. And you're just on this journey for their courtship. I see. Um, but book three, which was super boring was Benedict. And they're skipping that. And one. they're skipping that one. Okay, you know. But it was basically the one I read was like, when I was reading, I was like, it's basically just Cinderella. Oh, yeah. I remember you getting super annoyed. Yeah, And made it Cinderella and I don't care at all. And then halfway through it, they were like, OK, it's not Cinderella. Here's a whole other storyline. But it just went on and on and on. And I was like, I don't care. So that's probably why they're skipping it, because it really is boring. But now I have to hurry up and read Colin's story because I haven't read it yet. I see. So I thought I had a whole other year to get to it. So I still have, and everyone does say that book uh, four, which is Colin's story is the best. So I understand why they want to hurry up and get to it, but they will be skipping season three or book three. And then you also watch inventing Anna. Yeah. We like Ruth from Ozark. So when I saw her on that, I watched it. I don't think you had any interest in it really. 
Um, it was sometimes you just start shows and then I walk in and you're watching them. So it wasn't like I did or didn't, but you were just already into it. Oh, well, I was watching it and sometimes I have like a radar in my mind where I'm like, Mo won't care about this show. Yeah. you. I mean, it's fine. I, I mean, I'm making music and stuff a lot. So, but anyway, it was, it was good. I'd give it one thumbs up. Well, not two, but well, I know it. It made the podcast rounds because of her accent and her voice, you know, the main actress. Now, then people are like, no, listen to the real woman. She sounds just like that. You know, she's not bad. She's doing a bad accent on purpose. I just know there are a lot of young people who all of, all of a sudden were idolizing this Anna chick, the real person. Right. And I just think that's, I don't know. I just don't like the way our generations are headed. Well, I think the con man for for a long time was looked down upon her right, in some way of like, you know, that was uh bad, Scandalous. but, but I do think in the modern world through different things, the con man has, is kind of cool. I mean, people love, they love Trump, not to get too political. They'll be like, cause he's the best con man in the world. You know, like that's like part I of mean, it. I'm all about fake it till you make it. And mentality. Sawyer from lost the best. And he was a con man, you know, I guess, but I just don't like that those are the the aspirations. <laughs> people are now like, we're going to put these people on a pedestal and try to imitate what they did to become, like, I don't know. Right. It's kind of like the whole, like, it's owning copyrights versus inventing stuff, you know? Some yeah. People are just, There's nobody's original anymore. Right. Um, and then we mentioned Ozark. We do have to finish the last part of the last season. They split we, it up. Yeah. We didn't realize that was going to happen. Well, I knew it was coming out in a couple months, uh, but I was like, I just don't like that plan. And then that's exactly what, by the time it happened, like, I'm not ready to watch it again. So, yeah, we have to go back and watch the last of it. I, I, ha- I do know people are mad that Ruth listens to Nas while going on a murder spree or something. And everyone was like, that's racist that she listens to rap music. And I'm like, I don't know. I just think people are reaching these days. Maybe Ruth does listen to rap music. And yeah, if, of all of the characters in Ozark, Ozark that's she would be the one who would yeah. probably listen to it. That's what I thought. So well, and guess what? A lot of white people listen to rap music. They're, 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 they're the ones that bought, bought all the albums. I personally can't relate to like yeah, hardcore you don't rap or whatever, but um, maybe Ruth can. For sure. Uh, she's on that trailer park shit, you know, like Eminem. <laughs> and I think Eminem went between Missouri and uh, Detroit or something. Anyway, uh, next is our HBO little run. Uh, we love HBO. HBO Shout Max HBO. is the best. It is the best of all the streaming. Someone asked me if I could only buy one. That's what I'm telling them. And apparently they're adding Discovery over to it next because Discovery bought HBO. Is that kind of like history and Discovery? Or is yeah. That- remember we had Discovery Plus for a minute and I watched all the alone. Okay. Yeah. The old shows and all that stuff. So they're, all that, I guess, will be added to it. So once that gets added, it's going to have all the reality shows and the dumb swamp people type shit to be added to the great I don't know if it should (laughs) mingle. I don't know how I feel about that. So uh, anyway, I'll have you more offering. Anyway, HBO Max is the best. We've very slowly been going through the Sopranos. I'll be honest. I think it's super overrated. Well, (laughs) if we were watching them when they first aired, I'm sure we would have very different opinions. Right. This is like playing an old video game that laid the foundation for the other ones. And you're like, oh, I get this trope because everyone's copying. Like the Sopranos was, I guess, the first premium TV show. And we've just seen this done a lot now. You know? And I guess if I'm really looking at it, because we haven't finished, I think we're on the last season, season six. Um, if we look back on them all, there's not really been a lot of growth or change or. Yeah, Tony is almost the exact same as he was at the beginning. And the same with the kids, like and, mm-hmm. and even Carmela is like, honestly, she's probably gotten worse as time goes by. Uh, she is always pretty bad. 
but I don't know. I like Carmela's <laughs> crazy in the beginning. Um, but yeah, it's kind of boring. Well, and I'm also comparing it to things of the time. So I think of the, the, wire the wire and the Sopranos so are the two that are compared a lot. And the wire is just better. It is. It's leaps and bounds better. And I think anyone who doesn't, so they haven't watched it or it's a racial component. They're like, I don't get the black stuff. No, so I like the Sopranos. I, I could just, see somebody getting to season two of the wire and be like, I just don't I just can't cha- handle the changes for sure. And then they just don't finish it. But if you finish it, it's, it's so, so much better if you finish it. And I say that and I haven't finished the it Sopranos. Comes back so. to its beginning, like right. after season two, it kind of comes back to where it was. Well, and we're trying to finish the Sopranos. So then we can start. We own the city, which mm-hmm. is the spiritual successor of the wire. So we're just, I just don't want two serious shows on HBO at the moment, but we'll, we get a run and we'll watch them for like a week. And then, kind of dies out right well and honestly i just i don't know i just think uh again it's the timing thing i just feel like i expect so much more i think from the sprint i think it's an expectation we also already knew how it would end before we got into it right true so that kind of takes out some of the mystery uh some shit i really love is winning time on hbo so good on the lakers thing now there are things that are inaccurate so don't watch it thinking it's like the accurate depiction of exactly what happened with the lakers but it's a story of how the lakers came to be and uh you know won their first championship in la and uh got magic johnson the guy who plays him i think does a really good job uh john c, john c. Riley does jerry buss and he's just, like amazing at it uh even, sally field yeah sally field's his mother and then whoever plays his daughter of course i don't know but she does a good job with yep. Jeannie buss and then the woman from parent uh transparent yeah oh, the par- girl from transparent or girls we never know her name but she's like one of our favorites and anything she's in she was also in now and then which is one of my favorite throwbacks oh see, so yeah, i knew she was a child actress but i don't know of anything mm-hmm. she was in now and then <clears throat> uh so you know, winning time was very good they did change some shit uh, like i said people are upset at the depiction of jerry west that he wasn't really like that but in the, my opinion he's one of the best parts of the show so i get why for a tv show they did it oh yeah and then there's also marshall what's his name uh, Jason Siegel. Jason Siegel. Yeah, and uh, Adrian Brody. Yeah, yeah. So it's got a really great cast. Um, I'm not a basketball person. I mean, I like. I I would rather watch basketball than football. I'm not really a sports person, and I really liked it. Yeah, that was very good. Now, uh, like I said, some things are different, but I I think people are making a bigger deal about this. Thinking you know, again, I'm talking about like basketball podcasts. Listen to they like get upset about it. They're like, they didn't play this team after this team. You can go look at the schedule. And it's like, listen, in those World War II movies, that right. shit didn't go exactly like that. It's a movie. Right. It's pretty fucking close, but it's like for your entertainment. It's just when people get all weird because they live through it, they're like, that didn't go like. There's like an ownership to the history of it. Right. Um, but and people also, like me who know nothing yeah. really enjoyed it. Now, don't care. <laughs> I don't I do not understand why the very last end. I mean, this kind of spoils it, but I don't care. They decide to change who wins the finals MVP. And now I think maybe they're saying like, because magic Johnson should have won it, you know, but they do this whole, like David Stern goes behind the scenes and goes like, Hey, Kareem won it, but we're going to fake it and say you want it. And he's like, okay. And that, that just never happened, you know? So that does make you be like, okay, that was kind of odd. But, um, and I also think they kind of changed stuff for the publicity. So people would watch the show. I also think that's part of it. Yeah. Um, maybe because the people that made this was uh, Adam McKay, um, you know, who's Will Ferrell's longtime collaborator. Uh, so I th- they had a lot of inside connection to the L.A. scene, you know, so I'm just wondering if maybe it was all some of it was a setup to get 
hey, people are mad at the Lakers about this show. And then people went and checked it out to see why. Um, and then Rochester Gemstones. I don't think we talked about that on here uh, last time you were on here, but that happened. And I love Rochester Gemstones. It's one of my favorite comedies for sure. Uh, another great cast and, uh, you know, about televangel- televangelists yeah. and uh, their hijinks. Mega church. Yeah, good stuff. And then two shows that you really liked. One was Minx. Oh, Minx is really good. I was sad it seemed short. Yeah, it was only like eight episodes. And they were 30-minute episodes. Right. But so, it's an HBO show. And it's based on, I think, a true story as well of uh, the first female porn magazine. So, like, yeah. magazine that has, like, naked men for females. And, well, uh, it was a feminist magazine, but nobody cared. Yeah. Until they put naked men in it. Right, yeah. So, the whole beginning is the guy from New Girl, uh, Jake Johnson, I think is his name, uh, he has a porn company that does decent and this feminist woman wants to do a feminist magazine. They could join forces. They're an odd couple. They don't get along. But, you know, the magazine's fairly successful given the time and what it's about. And I hope this show takes off because there have been I feel like it could be one that gets canceled out of nowhere. Cause, and that's happened to me several times on shows that I really like. Right. So I hope it has a big following. So go watch Minx and get its ratings up. Yeah, Minx is very good. It's very funny. Uh, I mean, like it's funny and raunchy, but also and like has that feminist side, which is I think kind of like the way reason you like wedding, uh, not wedding crashers, um, bridesmaids, right? It's like that bridesmaids humor. Like it's female, yeah. but it's still kind of gross. And you're like, oh. What? And I really liked the sister. She adds like some wholesome, oh, yeah. yeah, but also really funny and a little lesbian vibes in there. Oh yeah, I forgot, <laughs> forgot about that. But it's a good show for sure. It has the chick from Righteous Gemstones in it, the blonde. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, and then Julia was a show you really liked. I did, and I that was when I started without you, and then we discussed that I should not have started that one without you. Yeah, I like cooking. <laughs> I didn't realize that you cared about Julia Child though, because to me it was a historical piece, a, he- a period piece. Fun. To me, it was the same as uh, what we mentioned earlier. Uh, you know, all these other shows, but uh, yeah, Julia Child's uh, first cook on TV, and this is like the story of that has a uh, Niles from Frasier. Yeah. He plays her husband. Yeah. And uh, I think he's all right. Also, I liked how she was kind of, you know, cause in these period pieces, a lot of times it's like, and they slept in separate beds and they weren't sexual, but she wasn't like that at all. You know, she's right. Like, she very much loved her husband. Yeah. And so I thought that was cool. And then, uh, or just the whole story of how she basically invents the whole genre of a cooking show and forced it upon them. You know, yeah, like. she well, she I didn't realize she that she was independently it. wealthy like her father was. Right. So she comes from money. She was old money. And that's how she learned how to cook all the French shit. And they yeah, he paid for her to go cook in France, basically, when she didn't have anything else to do. And she writes a cookbook and she gets invited on t- to um, a television show to uh, sell the cookbook. Yeah. And like an her, early late night show. And her personality just had really good ratings. And well, she, the way they pitched it here was like a bunch of housewives started calling yeah. the station and asking about her. Well, and then the guys were like, back. well, who cares about housewives? You know, cause it's that era. And so then broke the mold on entertainment. Whereas now that's all you want are housewives. Cause they're television. the ones that buy shit, you know, but at yeah. that time they didn't realize that it was still catered to men. Yep. But it was really good and learned a lot about, I mean, we don't know if it's really true, but the um, Julia Child. And I thought it was interesting there at the end when they brought in Mr. Rogers. Yeah. 
because he, Cause he was also, also public, public yeah right, public television and then they have a little bit of, you know not to get me too open but they have like the black woman producer i'm assuming that's mm-hmm. true and like she's like no i want her to be the main producer in my show and i don't care that she's black or a woman you know and so like it has a little bit of that progressiveness to it had the vision and knew what it could be yeah so uh we liked julia i thought it was good um like i said hbo max is just pumping out the shows so. and it, it was set up to where it could have a season two but i don't know if it was a limited series or not right it could go either way i could, I could definitely see that one um and and then on Hulu, even though I, I feel like I got to cancel it soon because we barely watch it. Uh, there's only two shows we really watch, and that's Abbott Elementary, which we loved a lot. Yes, worth it. But um, it's disappointing that there's only like two shows on Hulu. Right. And uh, so, yeah, we really like Abbott Elementary. It's um the most crowded. It's like black office in this in a school or whatever. You know, like I, I think it's the closest thing to the office as the office. And then on some of the end of the episodes, I would see a director. I go, oh, that person wrote on the office. And I only know that because I listen to the office ladies and they go behind the scenes of all the people. Yeah, it's documentary style or mockumentary. Yeah, mockumentary style. They have the classic. uh what I think the office does better than anything else, they'll pan to the camera like the character knows the cameras there. Say, so look at I'm like the ca- camera is a character. And um but it's also wholesome and kind of sweet, you know, because it's on network television. And uh, I think they just really write a fine. They do a good job around the line of comedy, but also sweet. And you kind of care. Um, I still don't care so much about the little white guy teacher. For some reason, he just hasn't clicked with me as much. Um, but also because I thought at first she was going to be like the pro black white guy. The, you know, that was like, I've been to Africa, but they went a different direction with him and went with like, he's actually gay. And I was like, I didn't even know that, you know, which I guess that's the point. Right. You're not supposed to know. Uh, but then they brought in his boyfriend who's like super annoying. And I'm like, yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but I enjoyed, uh, the guy from everyone hates Chris. You know, he, everybody mm-hmm. hates Chris. He's like the, uh, he's supposed to be the principal, but then they gave it away to somebody else. Yeah. He's the gem of the show, I guess. But what I would find annoying about his character is that he was going to step into this principal position without ever once ever having. Yeah. He had never taught before. Right. That is where it all kind of fell apart. Like he just got the degree in administration. Would go and straight that to does it. happen. Like you can do that. Right. But it's very rare to. So it makes sense. Like, who cares if he didn't get the position, in right. my opinion? The only problem is the other girl that got it definitely, definitely doesn't, deserve it. doesn't deserve it either. So I guess yeah. it's just a commentary on yeah. administrators not always earning their positions. But. Yeah, we definitely like that. And then the other show is Atlanta. We only got halfway through this season. I kind of quit watching it, forgot about it. But uh, we'll finish Atlanta eventually. It just having a three, four year gap or whatever it is between the last season. And then it almost... Half of the episodes are black, black mirror, where it's like, there's a crazy scenario for the black community in the future, maybe. And then you're like, that does thought provoking. And then the next episode will be like, and then here's Ern not able to hook <laughs> something. You're like, I don't it know. It feels like it's two different shows. Yeah, I agree. 100%. <laughs> so that is definitely <coughs> kind of making it hard to get into it because you don't know what you're going to get in each episode. But I, I enjoy it artistically. And like every, at the end of every episode, I'm like, oh, good episode. I, you know, I like that. But when I sit back and think about, I'm like, I just think. But that's kind of how it was, I guess. Like, I, I mean, I know they tied it all into the same storyline, but it always kind of jumps around. That's true. Like this episode's a van episode. This mm-hmm. episode's a whatever. That's true. Um, so yeah, it's more or less what I had written down. Some things I don't know if we're gonna try Big Brother again this year. It's about to come back out. We've watched it every year since we've been dating. I think I've watched it every year since season one. My mom, except a couple, and uh, I just remember last year thinking Big Brother wasn't very good. It didn't seem worth worth be, having to care three nights a week about it. 
I mean, I'm all for trying to watch it because I do like having it. Right. Like, like you said, we've had it for so long. But I do remember us talking and it seems very formulaic now where it used to be like expect the unexpected. And now it's very much. Well, and I remember we went and watched some of the old episodes and uh, I'm not saying like the romance is a big deal, but it seemed more natural. Right. Like now they they barely show if someone is dating or whatever, like they cut all that out and they it's a very much a competition show now. Right. Yeah. And it used to be more social and like what's going on in the house kind of and who's real world vibe. Exactly. But in the background of the competition. Right. Well, like someone's talking rumors, spreading shit yeah. or being funny. Like there was always somewhere now you don't really get as much as that part. Or at least it didn't seem like the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure we'll get Paramount Plus, you know, and give it a shot because it comes out when I'm on vacation every year. Because I always take my vacation when our anniversary is. And it's like. Yeah, I'm sure we will. But I'm uh, sure we will because there aren't many shows that we're routinely sit down and watch. And one it you always pick a favorite right off the bat, but I think last year you didn't have one. Is yeah, that a thing? I don't think there was anyone I really liked. Yeah. If I remember correctly. Well, and I think part of it and uh I mean, it's kind of the reason I'm a little excited that this podcast will end someday. You know, I'm also sad but a little excited. But like when I quit watching football. And fantasy football, like it opened this whole part of my brain where I don't even think about football anymore. Right. Like, I mean, I hear on podcasts and stuff, but I used to know like every player for every team. And I'd be like, I have to know because I got to pick them up on waiver wire this week. And like, it was all stupid shit. Uh, and there are times where you're just like, oh, I just don't care about that anymore. And it just opens this big part of your brain. Yeah. And well, so, that was like me when I paused book of the month. Right. Yeah. I, you know, I had many different subscriptions to different things. Um, and I canceled Al Create about a year ago. Right. I don't know if it's in quite a year, but yeah, a while ago. And then I paused my book of the month and it does feel like a huge kind of like weight is lifted off of your shoulders. It's got the same with video games. I've ever since I've made this whole like I'm not buying full price video games. I'll wait till they're on sale. It's made where I almost buy no video games because like I have even if they're on sale, I'm like, well, do I really well, I really play it? You know, and I just <laughs> argue myself like right now uh, there's this game Watchdog Legions. I've never played any of the other Watchdog games, but it's $15 and I've looked at it, I'm like, you know. This is like a hundred hour game or something. I mean, I could like it, could hate it. You know, it's only 15 bucks, but I just debate over it all day. And I'm like, nah, I just won't. I just won't get it. <laughs> so the last two games I bought were each $8. So I guess that's my, it's got to be under $10 for me to get really invested these days <laughs> for some reason. That is crazy. Cause I used to buy you like $70 games. I mean, I still, like, I would love Horizon Zero Dawn, but it's $70. And it's like, well, what if I don't like it? Right. And I'm going to be all like. I just spent seventy dollars. Yeah, <laughs> and then they also have these new subscription services coming out. So, like, starting this month, I think uh, PlayStation Plus has added these extra tiers where you can get like uh, it's like a Netflix for video games type thing. Like, all these games will be there for you to download. And I'm like, oh, maybe I should just wait and get that instead of buying games. But then again, when I looked at the list, I'm like, I already own most of these, so I think I'm out. I think I'm out on this whole new subscription yeah. service because I'm already so far in the old model that I don't know. It's a weird world. And then other part, I'm just like, I should just make beats all day. Why am I doing anything else? <laughs> <laughs> Put my life. Not that anyone wants those either. So it is what it is. Uh, but also debating canceling Netflix. It has Stranger Things coming out soon. But besides that. I have a list of shows I want to watch. Like there's a Viking show I might like. <sighs> I'd have to look up on my phone. Right. But well, Stranger Things is on there. Right, and you love Stranger Things season one. Like, I did when it came out. Like you were one of those people. I, mean, I bought you a shirt. Uh, you know, you were in it. Like, I have it 
I did. I love in keychain. And I want to say like Funko season two, we were, you were still pretty in, but by three, they took so long. Something happened that by three, we were kind of like, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and I don't know. I like the eighties aesthetic. It went super sci-fi. I, well, I really liked the, um, storyline with Steve and the Froyo girl. Right. They were super cute together, but like the main kids got, I don't know. Well, I also, liked Max. I think there's probably too many characters, girl. but also I love Game of Thrones. So I can't hate too much, but I mean, that has way too many characters. So I, they could probably still pull it off. But I know the episode lists have come out for the new season and that links. And there's like multiple episodes are over two hours long. And I'm like, that's not what I watch TV shows for. Like, I'm very much out of movie world. I hardly ever like movies because they're so long. So to sit to be like, you're going to watch three episodes over two hours long in a row. I'm like, oh my god, this sounds miserable. Whereas me, I'm already in my head, like, I need to have a Harry Potter movie marathon soon. <laughs> yeah, you just sit there and watch three-hour movie. I just, <laughs> I get too bored or something. I don't know. What I mean, is. sometimes I do other things while I'm watching it. That'd be different. Like, if I had a second screen in the living room where I could play video games while you watch movies, it would be different. But Like, I need to draw more on my iPad so I could do that while I yeah. watch Lost my Apple Pencil, so my art life's over. But <laughs> it was fun while it lasted. <laughs> Fucking shitty-ass magnets on $130 pencils. See, it is a stupid system. We both have one with the pencils, and they are so easy to knock off. And I got through my job, and I told my job, hey, I lost it. And they said, well, you need to find it. And I said, well, I didn't not look. I mean, but I'm yeah, telling you yeah, this because like I lost it. Yeah, it doesn't exist anymore. Well, I dropped mine straight on the ground because the... the unclipped from the magnet and it fell point down and made it to where the tip was all like warped and you couldn't write I was worried about scratching the screen and just even to replace one of those just the tip was expensive and luckily we had an extra from a around lying around but if those those even just those little bits are expensive like twenty dollars yeah you don't want to fuck up the tip very yeah. important. I think we looked up the whole pencil. It was like 140. Yeah, something like that. Um, they also have a, a first gen ones. I just don't know what the difference is. They're cheaper. But they don't look as fancy. Probably don't clip. Very true. All right. Well, I think, you know, it's probably enough for an episode. Everyone can enjoy our TV talk and uh, we'll see if you make it on to another one. Or this might be your last one. You know? I don't know. I feel we're not talking about books, but maybe I'll come back I mean, and talk about. Is there a book you just enjoyed this year that off the top of your head? My favorite book that I've read this year was a book called Betty by Tiffany McDaniel. And it's set in the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains. And the main character is named Betty. And her father is Cherokee and her mother is white. And the the story follows basically... Um, her parents getting married and having a bunch of children. And Betty, I think, is like number four of eight or something like that. So lots of kids. And it has a lot of tragic things that happen to them. They grow up very poor. They're treated terribly by the community. And then the kids just have crazy things that are always happening to them. But it was so beautifully written. And I can't stop thinking about it i would suggest it to anybody who likes like historical fiction but also i'm a sucker for a tragedy it seems um but it was beautiful i really liked it i don't really know how to explain it without ruining it but 
overall, the, the story has, I guess, some trigger warnings for rape, incest, um, racism, discrimination. Yeah, you know, life. Life, Things yeah. that happen in life to people. Death, suicide, <laughs> self-harm, yeah, murder. Uh, I've been playing a stupid game called Other Side on my PlayStation. And it's a game I didn't think I would like at all because it looks all gothy and edgelordy. Yeah, it and- does look very much like a like, Tim Burton but not yeah it's like an angsty 16 year old kid made it or something the art style but something about the gameplay I really like Invader Zim yeah something <laughs> like it, it's like a Final Fantasy Tactics like gameplay which is my favorite game ever and um but it's a roguelite which just basically means when you die you restart the game so you play through it as far as you can you die and then you go you restart but you can revive your characters from your previous playthroughs so like some of them are so like super leveled up so your next playthrough is a little easier and then uh you'll eventually get to a part where it's too hard and then you'll die again and then you have to restart so i've restarted thinking about my third time through at the moment but the idea that i'm gonna have to restart again is also like anxiety inducing so i'm on the fourth out of fifth stages so like I'm almost there, but I know I'm going to have to die again before I can do it, probably. So, but it's a good, uh, I don't have to pay attention to it because the story's stupid. It's like, mother births the daughters and the evil men are up and it's all fucking black, white, and red. And you're like, I don't have a clue what's going on. It's all stupid, but I don't have to care. So, there's something enjoyable about that. Um, And then I don't know what else I'm playing next. So, oh, I bought a game called Crown Trick. So, it's a, it's really hard. I don't understand how the fuck to play it, but another roguelike type game where you die a lot and make you mad and stuff like that. It's the games alike these days, except the Elden Ring. I'll never play that stupid game because <laughs> everyone else loves it in the world. Um, all right. I think that's it. Uh, you got anything else? Nope. Not at the moment. All right. Well, peace. Bye.
Momo makes beats. Momo makes beats.